Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The fact that we come to the house of God every Sunday and every weekday does not mean we don't have our heads screwed on properly. As a matter of fact, check every developed nation on the surface of the earth, including the United Kingdom. The foundation of this nation is Christianity. Name all the developed nations, the United Nations, the United uh, States of America, the, the UK, France, name all of them, name Europe, Greece, name all of them, the most, the foundation of all these nations is Christianity. Yes, their great-grandchildren have gone away from their faith. Does it mean that their foundations were not Christianity? There are consequences to things that we do, be it good or bad. If you do good, there are consequences. If you do bad, there are consequences. And so we have to understand the consequences of lack of honor. When you don't walk in honor, there are consequences. There are consequences. You might say we are under the dispensation of grace. Yes, that is true. But there are still consequences. When you break the law, you will face the wrath of the law. The law has two parts. The parts of judgment and the part of justice. Every law has two parts. The part of judgment and the part of justice. When you're on the right path, justice is your portion. When you're on the wrong path, judgment becomes your portion. So we have to understand that honor is so crucial in the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus has to die for us to receive honor. One of the key things Jesus died for is honor. That's what the Bible says in Revelation 5 12. It's the same with the loud voice. Where there is a lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor. So if it caused Jesus to die to receive honor for you and I, that should tell you that in the kingdom of God, honor has a high place. To play. Amen. 
for us to be able to walk in honor, one of the key things we have to understand is the dispensation that we are in. Before we go to the dispensation that we are in, the Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, my people are perish for lack of knowledge. My people. This is God speaking. God says, my people are destroyed or are perish for lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed for what? For lack of knowledge. Because they have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt not be priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, and I will also forget thy children. So that means when it comes to God, God expects us to have knowledge. What you don't know will kill you. Amen? Amen. Ignorance of the law does not negates the law from punishing you. Are you following what I'm saying? So God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's why it's important for us to be a church or a Christian that goes for knowledge. We must go for what? For knowledge. And God has put in place instruments to dispense knowledge unto us. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 and 16. God said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. I, the Lord, I will give you pastors after my own heart. And the purpose of my, the pastors that I'm giving you according to my own heart, they will do two things. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. I will give you pastors according to my own heart. We shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So every time you come to the house of God, you are being fed two things. Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and what? Understanding. Knowledge and understanding. And when you are fed with knowledge and understanding, verse 16 becomes evident. It says, and you, after you have been fed with knowledge and understanding, you shall be multiplied and you shall increase. Say a good amen to that. So the effect of staying in a church or abiding in a church that teaches you with knowledge and understanding is you are increased and multiplied. Say amen. So from today, I decree that God will increase you. I decree that God will multiply you in the name of Jesus. Everything your hand touches from today, it shall increase. I said everything your hand touches from today, it shall increase. Everything this church does from today, it shall increase. The God of increase is in this house. 
I prophesy increase into this house. I prophesy increase into this house. Before we come to covenant 2019, we will see unprecedented increase. We will see unprecedented multiplication. Multiplication on every side. In the name of Jesus. So when you are fed with knowledge and understanding, the end result is you are multiplied and you are increased. 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 In the name of Jesus. We have to understand the place of knowledge in the kingdom of God. Now, to be able to judiciously apply the knowledge we receive from the house of God, one thing is very crucial, and that is for us to understand the times that we are living in. Because every season has its own attacks. Every season has its own challenges. Whether you like it or not, troubles will come. They will not knock on your door before they come. How many of you know that? Trouble don't send you a letter and say, I'm coming today before they come. They don't say, I'm coming next week before they come. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, trouble... It's like they have they have spoken to one another. They come they come in 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 bundles. <laughs> they come in bundles. They don't come one by one. They come they come like a, a mass attack. Hallelujah. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Every attack the devil brings your way is an opportunity for you to move to the next level. Amen. I say it's an opportunity for you to move to the what? The Amen. next level. So the Bible says in the book of First Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 32. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. The Bible says that, and as for the sons of Issachar, they had understanding of the times and of the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do and the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Now this scripture is very important because at this time all the children of Israel were being numbered if you read, you see that there were some that were more. But the children of Issachar were only 200. They were the least. Yet the Bible says they had understanding of the times. One of the challenges for the church of today is lack of understanding of the times. 
For instance, we live in this part of the world. We live in the United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom has how many seasons? Four seasons. Currently, we are in summer, right? From summer, we move to autumn. From autumn, we move to winter. From winter, we move to spring. And then from spring, we come back to summer. So it's a cycle. Whether you like it or not, these seasons are ordained to be so. Now, for you to be able to live successfully within these seasons, you have to understand the times. For instance, winter has its specific time. It lasts for a certain period of time. So when it's winter and you don't understand the season, you will not dress appropriately. Is that correct? And when you don't dress appropriately, guess what? You will become a casualty of the season. And remember, every season is supposed to take you to your destination. Every season in life is supposed to take you closer to your destination. Every season, write that down. Every season in your life is supposed to take you what? Closer to your destiny or closer to your destination. And for that to happen, we have to understand the times. We have to understand the times. We have to have an understanding of the times. So the Bible says that, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. And because they had understanding of the times, look at what happens. The Bible says that they were able to tell their brothers what to do. The only people who are able to lead in different stages of life are those who have understanding of the times. If you don't have understanding of the time, you can't lead. You will be stuck in, in the stone age. Meanwhile, we are in the information age. What worked 20 years ago is not working today. Why? Understanding of the times. Understanding of the times. Understanding of the times. The Bible says that a lazy son sleeps during a time of harvest. That's lack of understanding of the times. And the lazy son who sleeps at the time of harvest brings shame to his father. Understanding of the time. The question I even want to ask is, do you personally understand the time and the season of your life? Because if you don't understand the time and the season of your life, you will be frustrated. You will be Woefully frustrated. Why? Because, listen, when it's winter, every tree sheds off its leaves. And if you are not careful, you think that that tree is dead and you end up cutting up that tree. 
But the tree is not dead. It's going through a season. And so the, the leaves are shed off, not because it doesn't want to have leaves, but because of the season. The leaves, the trees understand the season. And so it sheds off all its leaves. And if you don't know, you think the tree is dead. But it's not dead. There's still life in that tree. Come spring, you see, it starts budding. It starts springing up. Fruits start coming up. Why? Because of the times. The sons of Issachar, they had understanding of the times. And to know what Israel ought to do. That means because Israel didn't have understanding of the time, they didn't know what to do. Whenever you have understanding of the time, you are in command to be able to know what people ought to do. Hallelujah. So the question I want to ask is, what season are you in? What season of your life are you in? Do you know what season you are in? What season are you in? You have to have understanding of the times. My dear brother, my dear sister, you need to have understanding of the time. There are times you have many friends. There are times you have no friends. <laughs> there are times you have made, you have so much food. There are times you do not have any at all. You have to have understanding of the times. And once you have understanding of the times, you know what to do. One thing that I have observed is that the church of Jesus Christ seem not to know the times we're living in. The times we're living in for the church is a time where many churches are going through strong attacks. We have to understand the times. You'll be ignorant not to know what's going on across the world. It's global. It's global. Because the reason why this is happening is because the church is about to give birth to something that the world have not seen before. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 7 and 8. It said, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. And what the church is about to bring forth is a nation in one day. It said, can a nation be born in a day? And God said, as soon as Zion, Zion represents the church. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. And we are about to bring forth. Amen. I said we are about to bring forth. Amen. Let me hear a living amen this morning. Amen. We are about to bring forth. Hallelujah. Amen. We are about to bring forth mighty nations. Amen. We are about to bring forth wealth that nations have not seen before. Amen. 
the church is going to go back to its place of authority and dominion. Irrespective of what's going on in the world, the church is going to go back to its place of dominion. They might not like it, but we are the light of the world. They might not like it, but we are the salt of the earth. And you can't stop us from being the light. You see, when light shows up, darkness has to pass. And nothing can stop the light. We are not going to be the light. We are the light. That's why Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 it says, arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It's time to arise. I said it's time to arise. Amen. It's time to rise up. Amen. It's time to take up our journey. Amen. It's time to pass over. Amen. And it's time to possess the land. Amen. Say a good amen. Amen. We are going to possess the land. Amen. The land belongs to us and we will possess it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we have to understand the times we're living in. We have to understand the challenges that the church is going through. We have to understand the marginalization. We are being pushed back. The moment they hear you're a Christian, they'll start pushing you back. But it's for a purpose. Something heavy is about to hit the well. Something huge is about to hit the well. They will not know where we've come from. They will be asking where have these people come from. The Bible says that we'll be like, 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 we'll be like, like them that fly. We'll be flying up high in the skies. They say, who are these who are flying in the skies? They don't know where we've come from. They don't know that God is working on us. Amen. The greatest men and greatest women of the end time will come from the church. Amen. Our sons and our daughters are going to possess the gates of the enemy. So we are not ignorant of the times. We know what the devil is doing. And so once we understand the times, we have to respond appropriately. <laughs> we have to respond what? Appropriately. Let me give you a few dispensations of, of attacks over the church. When Moses was born, Moses was declared the deliverer of the children of Israel. Remember that? The moment Moses was born, what happened? Pharaoh killed all boys under the age of two. Why was that? Because he wanted to kill Moses. <laughs> Father, thank you for giving them understanding. The, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm teaching here is not just for this church. This is a global message. I want you to open your ears and your eyes and your heart to understand what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. What I'm teaching here today is not just for this church. Yeah. Because I was coming out of my room and the Holy Spirit said, understanding of the times. Three, three or four weeks ago, the spirit of the Lord said to me, the church needs to know what time and what season we are in. 
And the church of Jesus Christ has gone through different dispensations of attack. This is not the first time. Name it. Okay, let, let me know, John. So, when Moses was born, because Pharaoh knew that he was going to be the deliverer of the children of Israel out of Egypt, guess what? He started killing all boys under the age of two. Why? Because the purpose of the killing of the boys was to target the deliverer. Was to kill the seed that would deliver God's children. Do you remember that? But you see, this is how ignorant the devil is. That's why Jesus said, if the devil had known, if they had known, they would not have crucified or killed the king of glory. You see, if the devil knows what he's putting you through now, will work out for your good, he won't put you through it. If the devil had known that putting Joseph into the pit, selling him into slavery, sending him into Potiphar's house and putting him in prison and he was going to become the prime minister, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. If Saul had known that trying to kill David would have promoted him to become a king, he wouldn't have done it. Trust me. So the devil is ignorant of God's moves. It's like a game of chess. God knows what moves to move. 50, 50 moves ahead. The devil is 50 moves behind. <laughs> and the second person, now remember Moses was the deliverer of the children of Israel out of Egypt. The second deliverer was Jesus. Jesus was the deliverer of mankind out of the hand of the devil. Remember when Jesus was born? Herod said, where is the king that I may also go and worship him? What was his plan? To kill him. And the Bible says that he killed all children under the age of what? Two. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. That's the same strategy of the devil. The devil has not changed. The devil will always come after what would deliver you. This is, oh, thank you, Jesus. The devil will always come after what will deliver you. He will, anything that will not deliver you, he not, come on, he doesn't have time for it. He doesn't have time for it. But anything that will deliver you, that's what the devil comes after. And guess what? The dispensation we are living in there is another seed that is going to deliver the church. And the devil is coming after that seed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Give them understanding. Moses was the deliverer. The devil went after him. Jesus was the deliverer. The devil went after him. Now we are living in a dispensation where there is another deliverer. There is one thing that will deliver the church. That will finally position the church where the church is supposed to be. And what's the devil doing? Coming after that. Why? Because he knows that this is the only thing that will deliver God's children 
out of the bondage. I was in a city, uh, was the last week, and I saw a building, a huge building of another religion. And I showed my wife, I said, look, in the city center, on a strategic location, where there are four star and five star hotels, the huge building of that religion was there, positioned there. I look around, I could not see any building of the church matching that religion. I said, there must be something going on wrong. And I've come to announce to you that the season we are in, there is one seed God has given that will deliver the church finally, and that is the seed of tithes and offerings. And that's what the devil is going after. Do you know that, oh, thank you, Jesus. Do you know that many men, I mean, this is a highly intellectual church, a highly intelligent church. They are, I mean, there are great men and women in this church who have, who have PhDs, doctorate degrees, name them pharmacies, name them doctors, managers. Many in this church have gone to university. So I know you're very intelligent. I know you're very intelligent. I'm not speaking to a bunch of unintelligent people. I'm speaking to highly intelligent people. And let me make this announcement whilst I'm saying this. The world must understand that the church is not full with ignorant people. We are not a bunch of people who don't have brains. The church is full of highly intelligent people. The church is full of what? Highly intelligent people. And we know how to make wise decisions. So, the world should not think that we are a bunch of, excuse my language, fools. The fact that we pray in the spirit doesn't mean we don't know what we are doing. The fact that we come to the house of God every Sunday and every weekday does not mean we don't have our heads screwed on properly. As a matter of fact, check every developed nation on the surface of the earth, including the United Kingdom. The foundation of this nation is Christianity. Name all the developed nations, the United Nations, the United States of America, the the UK, France, name all of them, name Europe, Greece, name all of them, the most, the foundation of all these nations is Christianity. Yes, their great grandchildren have gone away from their faith, does it mean that their foundations were not Christianity? I want you to follow that. But the fact that their great-grandchildren have gone away from their faith doesn't mean that their faith was not relevant when it built the foundations of the nations. And without the Christian faith, United Kingdom could not have developed to the level it developed to. 
Without the Christian faith, the United States couldn't have developed to where it developed to. It was the light of the gospel that brought civilization and development to this part of the world. And so those who are criticizing other places like Africa where Christianity is on a higher rate are saying, look at this developed world. They don't worship God. These people don't know what they are saying. The foundation of England, the foundation of US, the foundation of Europe was founded on Christian principles. Check in the laws of the United Kingdom. It's, it's engrafted in the Bible. So, please hear me. We are not a bunch of ignorant people. We are highly intelligent people. We are what? Highly intelligent people. You can't put me down. Job said, don't, don't put me down. Don't, don't, I'm not inferior to you. What you know, I know. Don't look at the color of my skin and think because of the color of my skin I can't think. As a matter of fact, I can reason and think better than you. What I'm teaching here is not just for this church. It's for the nations. So, hear me. There has been dispensations of attacks on the church. Now, even before I go to the seed, let me talk about a few challenges or attacks that the church have gone through. Like the Trinity. The Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit divided the body of Christ because the devil knows that a stronger church is a united church. The next attack was an attack of speaking in tongues. Because the devil knows that this is a heavenly language. So the church was divided on speaking in tongues. The next one was communion. The devil knows that this is what will unite the church. So he fought the church on communion. But we have understanding of what? The times. So we are not ignorant. So I've come to announce to you for us, for the church of Jesus Christ, for the body of Christ, the next move of the church is the church coming out with great plenty. Remember, remember the prophecy God gave to, to Abraham? He said, you're going to go into captivity for 400 years and the purpose of that captivity is to come out out with great plenty. So God is interested in our great plenty. And I prophesy to this church and I am not apologetic of it. This church is going to be the wealthiest church on the surface of the earth. I am not apologetic of it. Out of this church will come millionaires, billionaires that will rescue nations. You said, how is it going to happen? I don't know. But one thing I know is that like Mary, I said, be unto me according to your word. I'm not apologetic of it. 
that one of the things we have to stop doing is apologizing to the world. Listen, in every nation there are different currencies. Right? In South Africa, their currency is what? Runs. In Switzerland, their currency is what? Swiss what? France. In Europe, their currency is what? In the UK, what's our currency? Pounds. In the United States of America, what's their currency? They are different currencies, right? But they do the same thing. Now, you can't say, you cannot say that the fact that the U.S. is using dollars and they have named their money dollar, I shouldn't name my money pounds. It's different. In the church, our language is seed sowing. I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to follow me. In the kingdom of God, our language is what seed sowing. We believe in tithes. We believe in offerings. We believe in sowing sacrificial seeds. Because that's what the Bible tells us. God's word. And listen to me. The word of God is relevant for all times. Hear me, the word of God is relevant for what? All times. Not some of the times, but what? All times. So the devil knows that the only thing that is going to deliver the church out of poverty into wealth, massive wealth, is what seed sowing. Because Jesus said, if you don't sow, you cannot reap. Jesus said, give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So this is how the kingdom of God operates. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why, uh, uh, let's go to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Malachi for information is the last book before the New Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Now listen to what God is saying. God said, bring ye all. How many? Is it some? And look at look at what he says. He says, bring ye all the tithes. So it's in plural. So that means God is going to give you multiple streams of income. Amen. A time is coming where you'll be tithing on 10 different streams. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Very soon you'll need an accountant so you don't make a mistake. Because your streams will be so many, you'll be wondering, God, where did this one come from? Where did that one come from? So you need a special accountant to manage your funds for you. Say amen. amen. Say a good amen. amen. Someone is thinking, Pastor, when am I going to get an account? Can you believe God for it? So God said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house 
and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be what room enough to receive it. You see, this is where God is taking us. God says, I want to open the windows of heaven for you that you may have more than enough. But the devil knows that if I'm going to stop the windows of heaven from being opened, I have to attack what opens the windows of heaven. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1. Elisha said, tomorrow about this time, a corn of grain shall be sold for a shekel. Verse 2, the Bible says that the king upon whom the, 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 the governor, the Lord upon whom the king leaned said, even if God will open the windows in heaven, might this thing be? So he had a clue, he had a concept that something opens the windows of heaven. He knows, the world knows that there is something that opens the windows of heaven. But guess what? Because they don't want us to experience the open windows of heaven, they'll do everything to block what opens the windows of heaven. And what did Elisha say to this man? He said, you will see it, but you will not eat of it. Listen, the world don't believe what we believe. Their standard is not our standard. They go to the pub or nightclub Friday night. We don't. (laughs) They go and do their smoking, their dancing, dance on their head, get booze, fall in the gutters. We don't. Are you following what I'm saying? So they cannot use their standard to be the yardstick for our standard. So I want you to understand that for us is the seed that opens the windows of heaven. And guess what? It works. I said it works. I said it works. If it doesn't work, we will not do it. It works. This is why we do it. We don't do it out of fear. We don't do it out of compulsion. We don't do it because somebody is saying, hey, you have to do it if you don't do it. No, no, we do it because we love God. We understand the principles he set in place that governs the earth. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And let me show you something very crucial. Something very crucial about the seed. Genesis chapter 22 from verse 16 to 18. Are you getting something out of this? After today, your life will never be the same again. I say your life will never be the same again. When they ask, let them know that we are a bunch of intelligent people. We are a bunch of what? We are highly intelligent. As a matter of fact, the first schools that were built in this in these nations were Christian schools. Even to date, many want to put their children into Christian schools because we are difference makers. Don't let anybody put sun in what you believe in. 
I believe in holiness. You don't believe in it. I believe in it. Because you don't believe in it, it doesn't work for you. But I believe in it, so it works for me. I'm a husband of one wife. I believe in that. You don't believe in it. You can't use what you believe in to judge what I believe in. You can't call me that I'm a fool because I'm only committed to one woman. I'm not a fool. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at their arguments and let them know that we are not a bunch of ignorant people. We know what we are doing. We know where we are going. We know what brings deliverance to us. So Genesis chapter 22 from verse 16. I want you to follow this carefully. I want you to understand why the devil wants to kill the seed. He knows the power of the seed. He knows the power of the seed. That's why he wants to kill your seed. Genesis chapter 22 from verse 16. I read. Now you know the story. This is after God told Abraham, sacrifice your only son Isaac. Remember that? And when Abraham was about to kill Isaac, an angel of the Lord said, no, 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 don't do that. And then look at what follows next from verse 16. It said, and, God said, and God said, by myself have I sworn, say the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thee, thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sun which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. This is important. This is important. Do you see where, what the seed will do? The seed will possess the gates of the enemies, the gates of the enemies. So because the enemy know that this is the seed that will destroy my gates, I will not permit this seed to flourish. Verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men and they, up to verse 18. Yeah, verse 18 is fine. It said, and thy seed, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be what? Be blessed. Do you see the power of the seed? Do you see why the devil is attacking the seed? This is the strategy of the devil. When Nebuchadnezzar went to Israel to take seed, who did he take? The young ones. The devil is not interested in the grown-up trees. He's interested in the seed. What to deliver you. That's what he's coming after. Finally, as we close, I'm going to give you a case studies for you to see that what we are going through is not just happening now. It's happening in time past. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Now, you know the story, Noah built an ark, rescued the whole earth, remember that? God made a covenant to the earth, a rainbow sign, he said, okay, I'm not going to destroy the earth anymore, remember that? Remember that? Okay, now, I want us to read something very important 
Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. The Bible says that, and God blessed Noah and his sons. I want you to underline the, the word, and his sons. God did not just bless Noah. He blessed who? Noah and who? Noah and who? Noah and who? And his sons. And he said unto them, unto them, both Noah and the sons, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Same blessing that was pronounced upon Abraham. Sorry, yeah, upon Abraham. Same pronounced upon Adam. Same is being pronounced here because this is a new breed of, of human race on the earth now. Because the earth has been destroyed. Everything evil has been destroyed. This is a new breed. So God has to pro make sure that his blessing is continuing. Amen. Are you following me? Yeah. Now, verse 2, the Bible says that, And the fear of the Lord and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon everything that moves upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea into your hand are they delivered. Right? Now I want us to jump to a few verses up. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's go to verse 20. Now, before we go to verse 20, there's something I want to bring to your attention. Okay, verse 9. Go to verse 9. Chapter 9, verse 9. Now, let's go to verse 8. Chapter 9, verse 8. L look at this carefully. The Bible says that, And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him. Okay? With his sons with him. Now, verse 9. And... And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Amen. I want you to underline that. So the covenant that God made is not only with Noah, but with Noah and his sons and also with Noah and his seed after him. Did you get that? Yes. Did you get that? That's very important. God said, and behold, I will establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. So what is this covenant? The covenant is Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. Right? Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. It says, and God blessed them. And God blessed Noah and his son. So that's the covenant. And in verse 9, God re-establishes or reinforces that covenant. This is very important. This is very, very important. If you don't get this, you've, you've missed everything I've taught so far. Verse 1 of Genesis chapter 9 is important. Verse 9 of Genesis chapter 9 is crucial. Because now this is God who is blessing Noah and his sons. Who is more powerful than God? Is there anyone? No one. So when God pronounces a blessing, it has to be so. 
right? And not only that, he said, the blessing is not only on you, but it goes to your sons and the seed after you. Now, with that understanding, jump to verse 20 of Genesis chapter 9. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says that, and Noah began to be an husband man, and he planted a vineyard. <laughs> and Noah began to be what? A husband man, and he planted a what? And he planted a what? He planted a what? A what do you use to plant a vineyard? What do you use to plant a vineyard? <laughs> what do you use to plant a vineyard? And Noah planted a what? A vineyard. And Noah planted a church. And Noah started a church. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah? Verse 21. Verse 21. The Bible says that, and he drank of the wine and was drunken and he was uncovered within his tent. Not somebody else's tent, but in his tent. What did he drink of? The wine from what? The vineyard he planted himself. He ate from the church he sowed, he planted. I want you to follow me. This is so crucial. This is so crucial. He drank from the wine and he was drinking and he was uncovered within his tent. Not your tent, but in his tent. He drank of his own wine. Now, I'm not this morning advocating drinking of wine. I'm not preaching that at all. Are you following what I'm saying? That's not what I'm advocating. But I want to show you a principle that is important. Because we have to understand the time. Verse 22. Verse 22 of Genesis chapter 9. The Bible says that, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren. Now, look at that carefully. Oh, Jesus, this is so powerful. I need another time to teach this. He said, and have, now, his father is in his tent. Now, these are the children he rescued out of the flood. These are the members he came with who he led to Christ himself. These are the members he prayed for. He rescued them. And now Pastor Noah has drunk a little bit of the wine he planted or the, the vineyard he planted and his members are, uh, uh, and he's in his tent naked and his members, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren. He took it to social media. He took it to Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> he took it to Twitter. He took it to uh, what's that? Instagram and WhatsApp. What's my name? And which one? Snap. 
Wow, you know snap. <laughs> I thought the young ones are the ones who are supposed to know snap. The, the old ones are catching up with the young ones. He took it to YouTube. YouTube in a look. Come and see, oh. Come and see. Come and see how he's eating the church money. Come and see. <laughs> see. He's got a new car. Come and see. He's got a private jet out of the poor people. Rooney has moved to the US. Uh, isn't there? He's playing in the US team. I saw in the news yesterday, he's bought a house worth $12 million. Twelve million dollars. All he's doing is kicking air. <laughs> but nobody criticizes him. All he's doing is kicking what air? Football. Can football save a soul? No. Can football send someone to heaven? No. 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 He's bought a house worth twelve million. Why should I sleep in a house worth two thousand pounds? When I am doing what is worth more than what he's doing. Why do I get criticized? When God blesses me and I'm living in a mansion, why am I being criticized? Why is the church being criticized? Because the devil knows that this is the seed that will possess the gates of the enemy. The father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren, why, why do you go tell him? Listen, there is, there is weakness in every man of God. There is weakness in every woman of God. There is weakness in everybody, in every church. You, I mean, the church is full of weak people, so the church sometimes is weak. The day you see, you think you are strong or you are weak and you want a strong church. The day you see a strong church, please don't join it. Because your weakness will make that church weak. Next verse, verse 23. Hallelujah. Are you getting something out of this? The Bible says that and Shem and Jephthah took a garment. I love that. They took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Do you see what was happening? These two went backwards because they did not want to see the weakness of their father. They put a garment, went back and covered their father's nakedness. But look at what the other one did. He wanted to expose his father's naked. These two realized that this man delivered us out of the flood. He rescued us. We have a responsibility to cover his weakness. Anywhere you are, anyone <coughs> criticizing any man of God, don't join them. Don't join them. But unfortunately... Unfortunately, today, 
All somebody have to do is rise up and start criticizing a big man of God. And you see a bank wagon of Christians joining. Verse 24. The Bible says that, And Noah awoke out of his, his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And God shall enlarge Jephthah, and he shall dwell in the tent of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. And all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Now, remember Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. God blessed Noah and his sons. Genesis chapter 9, verse 9, God blessed Noah and his seeds. But Genesis chapter 9, from verse 20 downwards, after they exposed their father's nakedness, Noah cursed them, and they were cursed until this day. What am I saying? God is all-powerful. He blesses and no one can curse. But when you violate honor, when you violate honor, you automatically attract a curse onto yourself. This is so important, church. Don't join them. Don't join them. Don't be in the church and say, why are they asking us to sow seeds? Why are they asking us to give? When you go to a restaurant and you eat, do you pay? That's a seed. You are honoring what that person has cooked for you. So in the church, we call it seed. We call it what? Tithes and offerings and sacrificial giving. We are not a bunch of ignorant people. We are a bunch of intelligent people. We know what we are doing. We know what works for us. We know what would deliver us. We know what to possess the gates of the enemy. So we are not ignorant of it. So we are seed sowers. We are tithers. I said we are tithers. We are 100% tithe paying church. We are not apologetic of it. You can criticize the church, but this is what we believe in because we understand the times. We understand all the strategy of the devil. We understand that he's trying to attack the seed because he knows that the church is about to walk in great wealth and great plenty. How do we approach this attack? We don't approach it cowardly. The answer is in Acts chapter 4. As we close, we won't read it. Acts chapter 4 from verse 21. The Bible says that they were threatened. And the, the, the apostle says, behold their threatenings. Behold their threatenings. And, 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 and give us boldness. And the Bible says that they were giving boldness. That is what the church needs. What we need is the spirit of what? Boldness. To confront the strategies of the devil. Hallelujah. We need the spirit of what? Boldness. To be able to stand on what we believe in. Because this is what we believe in. And nothing will stop us 
from confessing and exercising what we believe in. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus some praise. Let's give Jesus the highest praise. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.